What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, I've got a great conversation for you here on the podcast with money mindset expert, Denise Duffield-Thomas. Now, as you know, I was just recently in Bangkok at a conference for digital nomads. So these people really live differently. It was so inspiring and fantastic. It's a, it, There were about 300 people there from all over the world. And I'd say it was a blend of people who either travel consistently all the time, like they don't have a home address, they're digital nomads. And also then there were people there like me who do have a home address, but travel a lot, a lot more than the average person. And everybody there worked online. I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in our own little world. So I'm in this wellpreneur bubble, right? And so the people I know are you guys, health coaches and yoga teachers and personal trainers and nutritionists and herbalists and people running healthy food companies and making yoga mats and stuff like that, right? We're kind of in our own little bubble. Actually, going to this conference, every time I go, this is the second time, it just blows my mind in the wide variety of ways you can actually make money online and just in the different ways you can choose to live your life. I think we can get so caught up seeing what's around us and how the people we know live and actually there are so many options. There are people there that have multi-million dollar companies selling things on Amazon, for example, or running software as a service businesses. There were app developers. There were authors that make ten dollars or $15,000 a month solely off of their set of books that they sell on Amazon. And then, of course, there were coaches. There were, you know, people that tend to be more in our demographic, like people doing information products and creating online coaching businesses and online audiences. There were people with massive websites that sell advertising and have sponsorships. And it was just so cool. Everyone's like normal, regular old people, except they live all over the world and they work online. So it really pushed my boundaries of what's possible for online business and not just for the big names that you see online. Like actually, you wouldn't have heard of any of these people. They're just normal people that run online businesses. There's a huge variety of ways that you can make money online. And it just really, it really expanded my mind and, and my possibilities. So one of the projects that I'm working on that I'll be announcing more about really soon is that I'm working on my personal brand site, which is over at amandacook.me. And that was one of my focus areas when I was at this conference was to think about the different ways, what would feel fun and easy to really try to bring my message into the world through my personal brand. And something that became really clear to me through this conference was how my beliefs for you, how your beliefs are actually crafting the reality that you see. And this especially happens around money. So I see within the wellness industry all the time, people have beliefs like, well, you can't ever make money being a blank. Fill in the blank. You can't make money being a health coach. You can't make money being an herbalist. You can't make money being a massage therapist. You can't really make money online. You can't make money coaching, right? Like all of these things that we've heard in certain groups. 
And I know when I was starting out and starting to set up the framework for my business and decide what I was going to sell, I definitely had some of these beliefs too. I was thinking, well, if I can just make enough money to like cover my expenses, then maybe I can quit my job, (laughs) right? That's not really an ambitious vision. And, but that's kind of like the mindset I was in in the beginning. Since then, my mindset has really shifted because I've seen and I've met with these people that run these massive businesses, which when I say massive, I mean like very lucrative, profitable businesses. That doesn't necessarily mean a lot of people working for you. And there's so many different ways to do it. So anyway, I wanted to this week bring back one of my favorite episodes of all time. This was actually episode number seven. So this is back when I was like a little baby podcaster and I was so excited to get Denise Duffield Thomas on our podcast. Actually, I should totally invite her back for a refreshed conversation, but I really want to make sure that you've heard this episode. And so now that we're way up around, you know, episode 179, there are so many episodes. I can't expect you to go back and listen to them all. Although I know some of you do, and I love it when you do that. But I'm going to start bringing back some of these episodes that are timeless and evergreen and provide real wisdom and insight for your wellness business. So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Denise, where we're talking all about money blocks in the wellness industry. And in particular, she digs into those three pervasive money blocks that she sees over and over among wellness entrepreneurs. We'll also talk about like setting boundaries with your clients and all sorts of other fun stuff, all having to do with fixing your money mindset, or should I say improving and expanding your money mindset, right? Because it's not necessarily broken, but we can just expand into another level of what we're willing to receive and what we're willing to have in our lives. Now, of course, this is episode number seven. So you might notice like, I don't know, maybe my interview style is different or maybe the sound quality is not quite as good because I didn't have my nice mic or things like that. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what you notice, but I think you'll still really enjoy the content of this conversation. Okay, let's get into this episode with Denise Duffield Thomas, all about money mindset for the wellness industry. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Denise Duffield-Thomas. Denise is a coach and a motivational speaker who helps exceptional women create outrageous success. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation today because we're going to be talking about the mindset that you need to create a successful business, including how to manifest wealth and abundance in your business and your life. So welcome to the show, Denise. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I was quite excited to talk to you, actually. And before we get into the the good stuff about money and manifesting, I was having a look on your about page and I noticed that you and your husband were trying to set a Guinness Book of World Records to be married the most number of times. You've been married 87 times to the same man. Hey. <laughs> it was kind of a bit of a funny thing. We were we were living in London and I was really unhappy in my career. I really wanted to work for myself, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to. And I was stuck in a job and I did a lot of the manifesting stuff. You know, some of it we'll be talking about today, some of it I put in my book. And I wanted to go traveling around the world and I was really open to how it happened. And we found a travel competition that we applied for mm-hmm. and it was to mm-hmm. travel around the world testing honeymoons and writing about honeymoon destinations and you know I put I've kind of put everything I knew about manifesting into this trip and we won it and I don't know if it was a good or a bad thing but during the final interview I said oh maybe we could get married everywhere we go and and do this Guinness World Record not knowing that the record at the time was 83 weddings that was pretty crazy for six months getting married for eight you know 87 times it was I wouldn't recommend it (laughs) 
I mean, travel travel was great. The getting married, not so much. And um, the, we did break the record. And but the the current couple who have the record, they take it very seriously, and they, you know, it's kind of their hobby. So by the time we put in our paperwork, they were up to ninety nine, and I just went, you know what? Oh no, that's so funny because I saw that you were actually married by Masai. Yes. And funny enough, I was married by Masai last year, so I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's amazing! How incredible is that? I know. <laughs> oh, it was really good. So for people that aren't familiar with you, why don't can you tell us quickly what you do? Sure. Well, I started out as a, I would say, a generic life coach. You know, like a lot of us do when we start our businesses, we don't quite know the niche. You know, we kind of mm-hmm. you know, help people. And I talk to people about anything. It was like, oh, you need some help getting your business started? Sure. You need to find a soulmate? Come to me. Why not? And after a while, I noticed that most of my clients had really big blocks around money. And I didn't want to touch that. I really didn't because I had my own blocks around money. So I decided to spend a year working on my money mindset and taking what I knew about the law of attraction because I knew I could manifest things. I knew that, you know, I, I was really into personal development. But for some reason, I could manifest stuff like winning that trip that you mentioned. It was mm. worth it. Half a million dollars. But I was broke after it because I could get all this stuff. I could manifest what I wanted, but not actual money. So after a year, I realized that, you you know, you can apply those principles to money and it, money wasn't as scary as I thought. So I started talking about money more with my clients and they loved it. And so I actually decided, you know, really this year to focus completely on helping female entrepreneurs break through their money blocks because I know there are so many amazing women, especially listening to this podcast, who really serve their communities, they serve their clients, they create massive change for people, but they can't seem to accept abundance for themselves. And it's my mission to really increase the abundance of the planet through female entrepreneurs. Oh, that's great. Because it's funny, before I started my own business, I kind of thought this money mindset stuff was a bit woo-woo and I I don't know, I I didn't really buy into it. But now that I've been running my own business, I'm a complete believer because I've seen that really when you're in business for yourself, it's challenging you, it's pushing all your buttons and and really you're limiting your own success, right? You're the, there isn't a boss that's deciding how much you can earn. It's, It's up to you and how big you dream for your business. And so I really think there's, I think it's a really powerful area. Absolutely. And that's the good and the bad thing, right? Because you have to set your own prices. So you've got the freedom and flexibility, but then it's freaking challenging. You know, I'm never going to say, oh, being in business, it's just like a joy all the time. It's like, no, it will bring up all your stuff. It's scary. You know, it will challenge you in so many ways. And when you really start to look at your money stuff, that's when you do realize, oh, hey, I actually do have a lot of, you know, blocks I didn't even realize I had. You know, that's why I wrote my two books too. My first book is just called Lucky Bitch. And it's about manifesting in general. My second book, though, is just about money. It's called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Because you know, I really find it, men don't have these problems around money. I really have noticed that or they're very good at hiding them. And it is a very specific thing to women <laughs> that we can't seem to allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to make money at the same time as we're helping people and, you know, saving the world. And all that so how would people know if they're having issues like that? Like how does that manifest? Let me tell you a story about one of my clients. So she's a naturopath and her story is actually pretty similar to a lot of other my clients that I know who are, you know, yoga teachers, healers, health coaches, nutritionists, all that kind of stuff. So she's a naturopath and when I started working with her, she was doing 
she was doing okay, but she was working, working, working. You know, she would see clients in very strict, you know, like 20-minute segments pretty much the whole day, five, six days a week. And it felt like a real struggle for her. So that's, that is really the first sign. It's like, are you on the verge of burnout? Do you feel like you're, you know, helping so many people and not making money? And, you know, that's a real sign. On the flip side, if you're starting out and you you can't attract clients. Well, you don't have to feel the same way, you know, broken, resentful and all that kind of stuff. But she really had to work on this belief, this fundamental belief that she had, which was, I can't make any money out of this. And I asked her recently where that came from. And she she notices it now because now she's got a very successful business. She works a lot less than she used to. She's got a beautiful practice that I, I helped manifest in a beautiful part of town. But she was really noticing now because she's on a forum with all these other naturopaths. And there's like these newbie naturopaths going, hey, guys, I'm just wondering how I can get clients. And then you've got all these like established naturopaths saying, well, honey, you know, you'll never make money out of this. So don't even try it. It's really hard. Like you really shouldn't go into this industry. Really think about doing something else because you'll be broke for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. And it's all this stuff that's a common story in that industry. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty hard to get out of if you're in it because you might not even recognize the beliefs that you're picking up from your industry or from the established, you know, stories of your industry. So, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty hard to get out of. And she's like going, no, you can make money out of it, and you, you know, but yeah. voice, right? That comes up so much. And I know, you know, a few of the different communities I'm in, a few of them have that where you see that just the mindset in that community is very much like it's a struggle to make money and you'll never be wealthy in, in this certain career. And I think, you know, I read one time that your income and, and I'd be interested to see what you think about this, but I read that your income is like the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so I think that's kind of just another example of, you know, if you want to be really successful, you need to surround yourself with successful people that, that have a better money mindset. Um, so you can all bring each other up rather than holding each other back. Absolutely. Are surrounded by that belief. And it's the num- I think it is the number one belief for health professionals, which is I'll never make money from this. The second one is, I shouldn't make money from this. Yeah, that (laughs) one I hear a lot is that there's almost this sense of guilt, right? That, oh, you know, everybody should be healthier. Everybody should know this. And so who am I to ask for money for it to teach this? Absolutely. It's a huge one. And so the problem with that feeling, though, is that you can give, 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 and give, but that can often lead to burnout and resentment for you. And that's why you, you do see a lot of people in the health industry. They manifest sickness in themselves, you know, and it can be really difficult for those people because they, they feel even more of a fraud if they manifest sickness or burnout for themselves because there's also that you know, belief that, well, I should be perfectly healthy at all times. But if you are serving everyone else and not taking care of yourself, well, first of all, it's going to damage your own health. But secondly, it actually impedes your real ability to help a lot more people. You know, if you're just working with just, you know, broke people and you're giving your time away for free all the time or, you know, you're burning yourself out, you can only really help a certain amount of people. And it's funny now that Tammy, she works a lot less, but now because she leverages her time more, which we'll talk about later, she actually serves and helps and influences a lot more people than she used to. And she actually makes money from it now. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point, actually, that if you're working yourself, you know, round the clock, 
for a very low rate to to only serve people that right to serve people that aren't going to be able to afford to pay you where instead you could actually be working for a few higher paying clients and then have free time where you could you know even volunteer your services for people that couldn't afford you and a great example of that is writing a book mm. so back when i worked with clients one to one and i'm not a health professional but it, i think it's it still works out the same in terms of you know giving your time away for free because i had clients from six in the morning till six at night and you know I was getting really burnt out and I had I didn't wasn't making a lot of money and I didn't have very much free time and creativity right but Mm -hmm. when I started increasing my rate working with clients who were you know more serious about their goals and I started really narrowing in on my niche I suddenly had some free time to write a book and now when somebody comes to me and says, you know, I, will, I would love to do your money course or I would love to, you know, work with you one-to-one, but I can't afford it, I can say, well, you know what, go read my book. It's $10 and I know and I can, you know, I know in my heart that if somebody reads that book, they will get a lot of information, they can get a lot of transformation and it can really help them. And so I can feel really good instead of before, and I'm sure everyone listening has felt this feeling of guilt when someone says, I can't afford to work with you, but I really, really need to. And when you free up your time, you can create those resources for people who can't afford you one-to-one because your your private time, unless you're giving it away for free in a way that really serves you, as you said, you know, maybe a couple of days a month pro bono, that should be your most valuable asset is your time. Everything else, because let, let's face it, you start to get the same questions again and again. You know, once you've been in practice for a while, it's it's kind of the same stuff 80, 80% of the time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so create resources to serve that market and that actually does take away the guilty feeling because you can feel really good about the fact that the people who really need it can get it and that's the third belief so the first belief was I'll never make money from this the second one is well I shouldn't make money from this and the third belief is everyone should have access to this information freely you know the people who need it the most the people who need yoga the most or meditation or my health information and that leveraging is it really does solve that problem and you actually will will serve more people and have more of an impact. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. And so I guess it's writing books, but it's also doing things like creating online programs or group coaching programs or teleseminars, anything like that, right? Absolutely. Well, listen, I mean, this podcast can live on forever, right? And so, you know, you and I could have just had this conversation privately. Instead, you're making it available to women all around the world forever, you know, and that is part of your service. No, I love this too, because it's like you encapsulate, you you know, put your knowledge and your effort and everything into something once, and then it helps so many more people. So it's, it's really great. Let's talk about this. If people listening have really resonated with one of those three common blocks that you see coming up, what are, or, you know, this, this, the situation about feeling guilty and, and things like that, what can you start to do? How do you even start to tackle that to, to try to break through some of those beliefs? Totally. <laughs> well, yeah. that's the juicy read, question. <laughs> so read my book, Get Rich Lucky Bitch. Is, I mean, I'm not even just saying that. It's like, flippantly but if you come over to my website which is just luckybitch.com you can get a a free couple of chapters for it and it's it really is a great way to start 
looking at those money beliefs. But there's a couple of other things I recommend. So one is to upgrade your peer group. And you met, you touched on this right at the beginning when you said, you know, your in- income will be the average of five people. And this can be difficult at the beginning because sometimes you start out in a peer group and some people start to forge ahead. You know, you've probably seen it when, you know, if you do your yoga qualification or you've just done your health qualification and there's a, a cohort of you that are all starting at the same time. Everyone starts from scratch, you know, no clients, whatever. And sometimes you can stay in groups for way too long. Like you can stay in mastermind groups or you can stay in groups. And I'm not saying don't be friends with those people, don't hang out with them, you know, don't don't talk about your industry with them. But it's don't get your business advice from them. You know, you always have to be getting appropriate business advice from appropriate sources. That also means not taking business advice from friends and family. And we've all fallen into this trap and I've done it tons of times. And a perfect example actually is at the beginning of the year, of last year, I was talking to my chiropractor about my business. And he was a man, maybe about 45-ish or something. And he started giving me unsolicited business advice. And I actually started to listen to him. And it was the weirdest thing, but sometimes we really can give our power away to other people and get fall into that trap of taking advice from people who are, are not qualified in any way to give you that business advice. And friends and family are a perfect example. So I always say to people, you know, don't get your business validation from inappropriate sources. And by business validation, it's like, you know, when, you know, you get a client or you just, something really cool happens to you and you tell like someone in your family or your, your best friend and that, and their reaction's not quite what you were after. And sometimes it's a bit deflating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or they're like, well, how are you qualified to do that? Or is that really, can you really make money from that? You know, those kind of comments and they can be really deflating. I think especially for any of us that are, which most of the people listening to this podcast are, we have an element of our business that we're trying to build it online. Lots of people don't understand that. And the, the reaction you get from a lot of people is just, well, you'll never make money doing that. Or how is that possible? Or, well, you should have a backup plan. And it can be really, like what you said, really deflating when you've, you know, you have your plan, you have your strategy, and you're feeling really good about it and have gotten some good results. And then nobody else seems to recognize that. <laughs> And you know what? It's not their job to. And I think that's the trap we fall into because it isn't really your mum's job to understand your online business. But if you don't have people in your life who can fill that role, it is easy to fall into the trap of trying to get it from other places. So my business life is much happier now that I have appropriate sources. And by that, I mean, I've got a mastermind of women who are at my level and higher that inspire me. Um, I've got great mentors who get my business. I can talk to them and I can just have my relationship with my friends and family be appropriate, be about my friends and family, not about me trying to get my business validation from them because it's an inappropriate source. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the big, I think that is probably one of the biggest ones is upgrading your peer group. Another really important one especially for people in the health field as well, is to really examine some of the money blocks that you have. And some people have this, you know, real martyr complex or, you know, they feel like they've almost signed a a vow of poverty. And it takes work to kind of mentally unlock some of those beliefs that you've kind of put yourself into. And without doing that, it actually will feel like a, you know, a real chain a real um, obligation. I've heard from a lot of people, depends on how we were your audience is, you can literally kind of go, okay, well, maybe in a past life I did sign a vow of, of poverty and it's it's come over into this life and maybe I can clear that. Like 
I'm a, I'm a very practical weird um, practical slash we woo person, right? But my philosophy is throw everything at it. If there's any chance that you do have these beliefs that you have to be poor in this lifetime, well, you know, without working on those, chances are you're going to manifest exactly that. You are going to be poor. Mm-hmm. I love, in terms of free resources and things people can do, I actually, just the other day, I did that, the free How to Manifest Money in 24 Hours audio on your website. Oh, cool. And it was actually brilliant. So I definitely recommend that because funny enough, and everyone listening that knows me will know I'm like pretty, I don't know, I'm not always into this stuff, but literally that day after I did that, I went to do the mailbox and I got a $2,000 check that a client had paid her invoice a month early that I wow. totally wasn't expecting. And I <laughs> I stopped and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so I think it's worth doing your free audio. That's my testimonial for your free audio because it's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that's really good because that's I really do try and create practical tools for people to overcome their money blocks because, you know, I, I think that was the piece I was missing in my personal development journey is that I kept on going, well, I don't get what I have to do. Like, do I have to sit and meditate all day, every day? Like, it just it didn't make sense to me what I could do in the real world. So I really try and do practical things for people so they can understand it. And I, I was trying to figure out, for, for me, because I don't come from a financial background, I'm not a financial advisor, but I see my book and my resources as almost like a gateway drug for women to actually get excited about money, to learn about money, to not be scared of money, and actually to really love the journey. And I've seen it now with with clients who were really stuck, you know, like they were really stuck in this whole thing of, I shouldn't charge for this, this is, you know, bad. And, you know, they're really rocking it now. So I, I just want to assure people listening that it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you, you can change, you can change your beliefs, and you can change your reality. You can change your reality in the real world, you know, not in in some fantasy world, but actually, you know, practical money in the bank for you. Mm-hmm. So, Denise, do you mind if we talk for a little bit about your business? Because on your blog, I really like your posts where you where you were very open and shared your results from your first and second year in business. And I'd be really curious if you could kind of share just in your own journey as a business owner, where was the turning point for you where you really felt like your business took off and became successful? You know, I think there was a series of turning points. So the first big one, I think, was doing my life coaching training, which a lot of people will probably resonate with. You know, sometimes it's you might put off doing your training for a long time or maybe people listening are still in a job and they're they're saving up to do their yoga qualification or their IIN training or whatever. And that was the first turning point because it was like somebody gave me permission suddenly. And I don't think you always need qualifications, but sometimes you mentally need the permission that mm-hmm. the qualifications give you. Mm-hmm. So that was the first turning point for me. I'd been putting it off for years. I hadn't really found the right course for me, but as soon as I set the intention to find the right course, the right course came really quickly. So that was the first turning point. I think then the second big turning point for a lot of people is then actually getting your first paid client. And some people get stuck in this stage for a long time, you know, of thinking, well, I I don't have any experience. I need to do work for free to get testimonials. And I think all of that is true. But some people stay in that stage way too long, way too long. 
And it can be a real trap because then suddenly you're building a following of people who, who expect your time and expertise for free. So I would suggest definitely it's a great way to get your confidence up. I think I emailed everybody I knew and said, look, I've just started as a life coach. I'm taking on 10 pro bono clients um, for, I think, I think, I think I said six sessions or something like that. I kind of put a bit of a time frame on it. And that's how I got my first clients and that's how I got my confidence to go, oh, actually, I'm actually kind of good at this. And I had to put that boundary into place for those people and say, hey, look, you know, your six sessions are up now. If you're interested in coaching further with me, here's my package or, you know, here's how much it's going to cost. And I think that is a big mental hurdle for a lot of women because it feels like, oh, crap, this is the first money conversation we have to have and it's awkward and, you know, they really need me and I still don't feel like I've got enough testimonials. It's, you know, excuse, excuse, excuse. But as soon as you start getting paid for what you do, you're in business. You know, you're mentally, emotionally, spiritually in business. And um, that is a huge turning point. The other thing that I did was in my town, I just moved from London back to Australia and I contacted new age stores, meditation studios, yoga studios, health food stores, and said, I would love to run a two hour free goal setting workshop for your people. And at that stage, I was, you know, very doing very generic kind of personal development stuff. And um, I said, look, it's not going to cost you anything, but your members can come for free, you know, if you can promote it internally, whatever. And I think I did about maybe six of those in over a couple of months. And again, very freely gave two hours of information and at the end just simply said, if anyone's interested in coaching with me, you know, here's here's a flyer and I've got a special on today, you know, you can get six sessions for whatever. And that was a huge turning point too, because again, it was like, oh, I'm getting business. Wow, this is really cool. I can I can control how I get clients. Like I wasn't just sitting there with a website going, well, clients will come to me. I was going out and freaking hustling for those clients. <laughs> so I really recommend that as a strategy for people because that will that will give you confidence. But it also, the big thing that it gave me was that every time I spoke, I was defining my message. I was getting better at what, I, you know, instead of just being kind of generic, I was getting more and more specific as I went on. So I think that were my first, that for the first year, that were my big turning points. Yeah. And I think when, I mean, that comes up a lot in a lot of the other interviews I've done too, is that once you start to get really specific on who your ideal client is and what specific problems you solve, that's when it can start to take off. Because in the beginning, if you're trying to help everybody, you really, you're really not resonating with anyone, unfortunately. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I don't think you can come up with that information in a vacuum. And that can hold a lot of women back from starting their business because they think they have to have it perfect before they start. And the reality is you don't actually don't know most of the time until you're in the trenches and you go, oh, that client didn't feel good. Why is that? Oh, it's because I was trying to help her with this and it's out of my zone of genius. Oh, well, that client felt amazing. And you kind of have to get that real world experience because then every client will help you define it. So don't feel like you point. Perfect. Yeah, it can't be perfect before you start because you literally won't start. But it's funny, my second year of business had very, very different turning points. And one of them, and this is so, so good for health professionals and people in the healing world, is around boundaries. You know, when I started putting better boundaries into place with my clients, with my time, I started making a lot more money. And this can be really difficult for, for those in the healing world because we want to give and give and give and give and give. So I'll give you some examples. First year, an hour session with a client would sometimes turn into two hours. I did not have boundaries around my time. And 
you know, that, that all contributes to the feeling of burnout, you know, or of feeling like you're giving and not actually receiving in return. So I just started putting very simple boundaries into place, like just, you know, making sure that before we had the session, people knew it was for an hour. And then in the sessions, being very clear of like, okay, so we've got an hour together. I'd say that at the beginning. And then, you know, halfway through, I'd say, well, look, we've got 30 minutes to go. So why don't we wrap up that point and see what else you want to cover? And then, you know, at 10 minutes, I'd go, well, look, we've got 10 minutes to go. So why don't we start looking at actions that you want to take? And then if at the one minute point, you know, it'd be people like, oh, I've got another question. I'd go, well, that's great. You know, but we're, we're at time now. So, you know, let's write that down and we'll cover it in our next session. And that felt at the start like I was the biggest bitch in the world. <laughs> you know, I really did feel like such a bitch putting those into practice, but you could hear in my voice, there actually wasn't very much charge around it. So the more you practice it, the more it just becomes, oh, well, people actually really like having those boundaries. And if you let them, they will take a one hour session into three hours, not because they're they're selfish, because you keep on giving. Why would they stop? Why would they stop receiving? Oh, definitely. And I I mean, I found personally that clients actually want you to take charge, right? They, They actually, I think, respect you more when you say, these are my boundaries. It's like, I mean, you're really a professional. You're in a relationship, a professional relationship with them. And I think I've found that they get better results even as I set up boundaries. So I think that's great advice. Definitely get better results. You know, definitely. I I remember, you know, in those epic two-hour, three-hour sessions, I was trying to tell them everything I knew in that time. And and honestly, it overwhelms people. It overwhelms them. They're not quite sure what to do afterwards. It sets up you know, feelings of failure and expectation in them. And actually, when you keep things very, very simple, you're actually giving more, even though you might not feel it at the beginning. So I think having those boundaries and a couple of other, so the time boundary made a huge difference because suddenly I could serve more people and I, I was making more money per hour and my clients were getting better results. So I really recommend everybody rewind the podcast if you need to and just look at those things that I said. But then I also started pushing back on clients. So I had a a client who between sessions would, she would Skype message me a question and then she would Facebook message me and then she would email me all the same question. And it would be something that she could very easily Google herself. And at the start, I would answer all of her questions because I felt like I needed to. I was like, well, she's paying me, you know, money every single month to coach with me and I need to solve all of her problems. And first of all, that never works because they, you're, you don't want your clients to be reliant on you, you know, that they can't make a decision without you. You're actually wanting to teach them self-reliant and, you know, to take control of their own health or their own destiny and success. And I remember the same feeling of feeling like a real bitch. So I remember emailing her and saying, hey, just to let you know, you know, email coaching is not included in your package. If you do have a question, send it to me over email, not Facebook message or Skype, and we'll I'll collate them and we can talk about them in your next session. And what I realized by doing that, it was so funny. There was certain things that she was happy to ask me over email because I always responded. But when it came to, hang on, that question has to be in your time that you're paying for. Suddenly she could work it out herself because she was like, oh, well, I don't want to waste our time together talking about that thing. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When I sent that message to her, I was like, I procrastinated it all day. I sent it at about 9 p.m. And then I shut my computer and I was like terrified for the rest of the night. And I like slept really badly because again, I felt like a real bitch. And then the next morning, you know, I didn't even open my email till like 11 o'clock because I was too terrified to see. I don't know what I thought she was going to say, 
you know, but she just went, oh, okay, no problem. And I was like, oh my God, that just took away so much stress and, you know, so much time and mental energy by putting that boundary into place. And actually she's going to be a lot more efficient with her time. She's going to be more self-reliant and, you know, it's a win-win for both of us. So those two boundaries around your time and then around people wanting you in between sessions, oh my God, that boundary will change your life. That will be such a big turning point for your business. I love it. Thanks. That's great. Great advice. Yeah. Well, Denise, we're running low on time now, but just to wrap things up, I was wondering, do you have a couple of favorite books or other resources on kind of on your, you know, in business or success or abundance other than yours, of course, we'll, we'll definitely put yours in the show notes, but (laughs) apart from that, do you have any other favorites you could recommend? Oh my God. I have so many. I'm a real book junkie and I think there's a couple. So Stephen Pressfield's books are really good. So he's got one called the war of art. And it talks about, you know, how when you're trying to do something good in the world, all your demons are going to come up and all that kind of stuff. And his second book is called Turning Pro, which is also really, really great. Um, It's for anyone who works in any kind of creative industry. So his books are great, Stephen Pressfield. And then I would say The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That's a really great book for anyone who feels like they've hit a plateau and they're, you know, they're kind of stuck or they're sabotaging themselves and they don't know why. I recommend that book to all of my clients and I also recommend rereading it whenever you've hit a new plateau. So there are two great mindset books that I recommend. Brilliant. And then, Brilliant. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. And I think for money, you know, I've been reading a lot recently about kind of saving money and stuff. That's kind of a new thing for me, but I would... I would suggest people work out what what do they need right now in terms of money? Is it is it mindset? Do they need like practical like pricing advice or do they need, you know, investment advice? And and just set the intention to find the perfect money book for you. But obviously I recommend my book is a good starting point for you. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. No, I'll put that in the show notes so people can go check it out for sure. So what's next for you? What what big things are coming up? Well, the biggest thing that's coming up is that I'm having a baby in six weeks' time. Ooh, congratulations. So, <laughs> so I definitely see that as another turning point in my business because I know I'll have to upgrade my systems a lot more. I'll have to have even better boundaries. I really have to leverage my time. So each at the end of each year, I write about my biggest lessons in business and they're just on my site luckybitch.com and I'm sure 2014 like the, you know the year that we're in at the moment will have a lot of interesting lessons around around those things so yeah that's I think that's the biggest thing that's that's coming up there's not much room for new books or new programs or anything like that this year <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great so if people want to connect with you or find you where's the best place to do that well, the, the first thing to is to come over to my site, luckybitch.com, because I have a lot of free resources. I've got a free pricing workshop, which is um, invaluable if you're really stuck on pricing. I've got a money money blocks audio. And then the one that you mentioned too about how to manifest money in 24 hours, they can all be found on my freebies page. Um, there's some great resources there. And then I love connecting with people over Twitter and Facebook. So you can just search for my name. Um, my Twitter handle is Denise DT. I actually don't respond to emails. That's a big, strong value boundary for me. But if you send me a question publicly over Twitter or Facebook, I'm always happy to give advice and give encouragement. So I love hearing from people all around the world. And I love um, expanding this conversation about money with women. Awesome. Thank you so much, Denise. It's been great talking to you today. You too, Amanda. Thanks for inviting me and, um, you know, big hugs and abundance to everyone listening.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all the show notes and links to everything we talk about in the show notes, which are over on the website at wellpreneuronline.com. And we've crossed the 3,000 member mark in the Wellpreneur community group on Facebook, which is awesome. So if you're not a part, because I know there's loads of you listening that still aren't in the group, I would love to have you come over. Just go onto Facebook and search Wellpreneur community and you can come in there. Also, I've got a weekly email that comes out every Wednesday, Wellpreneur Wednesdays, and it's a roundup of the best of what's happening in the world of wellness that week. So I share the latest podcast, the most interesting conversations from the Facebook group, and also my handpicked selection of articles of what you need to know this week. So you can just come over to wellpreneuronline.com and sign up anywhere on the site, any of the email opt-ins, and that will get you onto my Wellpreneur Wednesday list. Okay, there we go. That's a wrap for one other week. So have a fantastic week, guys. And I'll see you back here next week with our next episode. Bye.